0: Welcome to the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, wife, mother of two, and homemaker. Come along with me as I share my love for simple living, growing in my allotment garden, diving into what it means to be an urban homesteader, and embracing life as a mother and homemaker everyone and welcome back to another episode of the slow living collective podcast thank you so much for joining me here today i'm super excited today i know i say it every time i know i do i'm sorry i'll try and stop i'm super excited every time but i really am um listen something about me is that i adore this podcast I love being able to make it I love being able to like speak to some absolutely incredible people I know I say it a lot but I'm so lucky sometimes I have you know like weeks where I do a lot of podcast recording at the moment I'm like on a bit of a scaled back schedule um, but sometimes I like you know I'm recording like consistently over a few nights and it doesn't matter whether it's you know when I'm busy or when I am less busy I always thoroughly enjoy the conversations and I always feel so like renewed when I've had a conversation with you guys so it is absolutely incredible. Um, So actually, before I go on, maybe I should drop something in here saying that if you would like to be on this podcast, then get in touch with me because I absolutely am open to talking about all kinds of different topics. So if you would like to join me on this podcast, I promise you it's not as scary as it sounds. All of my guests are always like, I'm nervous. And I completely get that because it is nerve-wracking going on a podcast. I went on a podcast for the first time in the pandemic, and I remember being like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, I'm going to sound so ridiculous, and um, I promise you guys that it is a completely laid-back conversation, it's intending to be fun, and just yeah just two people having a chat so if you would like to join me here on this podcast then send me an email you can email me at hello at Amy Pigger pigger is spelled p-i-g-o-t-t um, so hello at amypigott.co.uk and yeah Just drop me a message or drop me a message on Instagram. You can find me there at Life on Plot 44. Send me a message somewhere and we will get it scheduled. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm really excited. Like I said, I am talking to Kirsty from Heart, Home Ed and Homestead. And we are talking about urban homesteading. Honestly, one of my favourite topics. I absolutely love urban homesteading. So... Let's just dump straight into it and me and Kirsty will explain everything you need to know about urban homesteading. Hi Kirsty, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast episode. Before we dive in, do you just want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are?
1: Yes, hello, thank you for having me. I'm Kirsty, I'm a mar- married married mum of three and I love cups of tea, nature and uncomplicated living. Uh, that sounds wonderful.
0: So, today we're going to talk about urban homesteading and how you can absolutely employ some of the techniques of a homesteader in maybe a more urban environment and how it might even be the best choice for some people's circumstances. So, what inspired you to pursue urban homesteading and how has it transformed your
1: life? Well, as with a lot of people, I used to be one of them people that worked full time, took work home, I was at uni two nights a week, I did the mum guilt thing and on a Saturday I used to spend too much money, you know, entertaining the children, taking them places um, and then my body burnt out, I got ill, ended up with a little hospital stay and it, when I was in recovery we did things like baking and just spending that time together and Doing bits in the garden and things, and it just made me realise that I didn't want to rush about anymore, and I wanted to just slow down and make our own things and just enjoy each other.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I think, um, I think lots of people have sort of like slowly come into the, you know, this idea that we've been, I don't know, we've been sold a bit of a lie, haven't we? Where it's like we need to be busy all the time, and being busy equals being productive, and just don't necessarily think that that's the case you know yes there are elements of life that can get a bit busy but you know it's ultimately you know when we slow down we're able to sort of appreciate things a little more
1: yes, definitely
0: yeah and so like when I first came across the idea of like urban homesteading I guess I was like oh like this is this is sounds like my life um you know because I live in like a small two-bedroom flat and have a balcony and you know just doing those things like making our own food growing as much as we can but I live essentially in an urban environment so what are some of the practical tips or maybe strategies you have for people that maybe like are living in more of an urban area that you know can help them sort of get started with homesteading?
1: um definitely don't try and do too much at once um as you're learning a lot of skills it can be hard so making sourdough try and just putting lots of seeds in to try and grow your own things fixing everything yourself it, it's it's really too much to start with and don't go out and spend a lot of money it's not about having this beautiful where everything's in these matching jars and everything looks pretty. It's about the making of it and the enjoying the slower paced and enjoying your own crops and things like that. Um, I'd definitely start with reading a lot. Um, Books are great, but you can get a lot from the internet now. Um, Listening, listening, following like-minded people um, taught me a lot and finding out that you don't have to have that big garden and lots of livestock and everything to have that homestead lifestyle so there's plenty of free things to try to start with so just reducing waste so if you're peeling potatoes and you've got them potato skins there or your vegetables you could make a stock or do some potato like baked potato skins and things like that so that and it costs no money but you're doing something that's reusing an item that would have been a waste product and you're doing something that it, in the way it makes another meal and it actually saves money in that way um and also things like preserving so if you buy something and you think oh i'm not going to use that like vegetables that are going a bit limp in the fridge think well if i blanch them for one minute in boiling water and put them in the freezer we can use them again and it's if you've done that with your own crops you just get that little bit more satisfaction and you think I made that I've preserved that and we've done we've learned how to do it and it's just that you get that lovely feeling inside
0: yeah I agree it's funny because um so many of like so many times when I'm talking on these podcasts I like I'm talking to different people and so much always like stems back to the pandemic and I know it was, like, a huge part of, like, all of our lives and stuff, but, yes. like, what you just said really reminded me of, like, when when we were, like, stuck at home at first, and, you know, like, we had to make, like, a food shop last for, like, two weeks, and yes. I remember just, like, you know, feeling like really, like getting that feeling that you, you, you mentioned about like really being able to like make things last and, and giving things, you know, like, like vegetables that are about to go off, you know, being able to sort of extend their life in some way, like you say, like making a stock or, or something. And, and that's, I think that's kind of where, although I was i guess trying to slow down before that i would say that's probably like my little line in the sand that really like made me think like i don't want to go back to normal after all this you know like whatever normal was um i didn't want to go back to that and so like you say there are so many different things that you can can do um like sourdough you mentioned sourdough and i think like sometimes sourdough like overwhelms me and sometimes I can't keep my sourdough starter alive and you know I think like these are just normal little things when you're sort of living that little urban homestead life
1: yeah and there's the only easier way to do it as well I've got a bread maker and I use I use that more than making bread by hand because of the time involved and I think well if I put things in a bread maker I also do my jam in there I can use that time to do a bit more gardening, I actually fit more in, but without being stressed over time. So because we are in an urban environment, we've got that um we've got that flexibility. So we can use electric if we need to. We're not completely off the grid and we have got them um time savers, um, which can really help, but then we can but we still have that nice home made food.
0: Yes. Yeah, and um, I'm the same, like, I I try and use my bread maker a lot. Um, And more recently as well, like, so our bread maker is so old. My husband bought it it to my life. Um, You know, it it lived with him prior to it living with us. And it's so old, all of, like, the the program numbers and everything, everything's, like, rubbed off. There was, like, no instructions. And so we pretty much, I had to go online and find... Th- th- this bread maker instruction booklet, so I could find out like what do all these settings do because we just like use the first one. And so we've been making dough a lot more recently and then putting it in the oven. Um, and you mentioned jam, like jam is something that I want e- to use the bread maker for because I've been making it like just you know uh, on the hob. So yeah, yeah, I think you know you can use some of like these, you know, like more modern conveniences right um and you know actually sort of say it saves you time so you're not having to do all of these things literally by hand
1: yes I completely agree and it the bread maker for making jam as well you can make much smaller quantities so if you have grown your own and you've only got like a small raspberry bush or strawberries it makes about two pots and that's just perfect so you can still you don't have to put all your produce into that and make one big batch of jam it just makes them nice little little lovely containers full and just to enjoy but then you can still freeze some and you can still have some on your breakfast and it just it really does work throughout. I love
0: that I'll definitely have to yeah, make sure that I give it a go. But you also mentioned about, you know, like I think homesteading is like really connected with this idea that you need to have like livestock and, yeah. you know, you need to have like chickens or a dairy cow. And like, I'm not having chickens, you know, I have a balcony. There's no way I'm having chickens. Yeah. And actually, I, I I often I've started saying this a little bit like I don't want chickens I know it's like the ultimate homesteader's dream but yeah. I don't I don't think I want chickens I don't like I don't want to be tied to like you know being at home all the time we like to travel a little bit too and uh, you know it would be difficult if I had to get chickens looked after but you know a lot of like homesteading is sort of based around this idea of you know having having livestock but you know there are so many different things that you can do to I, I think to get you know you can you can buy eggs like from a local farm and things like that, can't you? Yes yeah, and so um yeah, we have also been you know like buying local honey and we try and buy local produce and like meat locally if we're able.
1: Um, Yes we do that too Um, since as you mentioned before the pandemic a lot of people do deliver now so we've got uh, someone from the local market who does £15 boxes of, so he does like a soup mix, a fruit box um, a veg box and it's all in season items Um, and he delivers them once a week or once a month however much you want them so it's great to top up what you're not growing yourself and it's nice to try little things without going all out and trying to grow them yourself and you think oh I might grow that next time I did enjoy that um and the same with meat as well um we get ours from a local butcher um and they do deliveries now so because they come because they get delivered to the house it's also like we have to unpack them and everything and there's not none of that horrible plastic packaging and things like that it also reduces waste in that way
0: yeah we've been um we we generally order our fruit and veg we've been getting it from Riverford um you know just to like fill in the gaps you know I could never grow I have an allotment as well but I could never grow the amount that is needed to like fully sustain my family um but I just you know I try what I've been trying to do I think is like grow as much as I can but then also you know we've been getting the Riverford boxes we generally will get um like just the veg box or sometimes we'll get a fruit and a veg box but then also um we order out our meat from the butcher we have like loads of farms locally as well so we are lucky that we have a farm that does raw milk that's close and so you know we're able to really anything we get from the supermarket is like really just filling in a very small gap and i think we're trying as much as we're able to just move away a little bit and I appreciate there's a a fair amount of privilege there because some of these things come at a bit of a higher cost um but I think you know you can you can find some little ways around you know if you're not able to grow your own or you don't have your own dairy cow or you know all of that sort of stuff you know there are ways that you can sort of work around it
1: yes i completely agree um we we have an allotment too and we don't currently have chickens although they are on in the future we're thinking of getting them again um but the way we do do things is we trade things so even though we don't have a large growing space so um we share the allotment with my dad and he has made friends with other allotment people and they grow things different to what we grow and we can trade and swap and things like that so that's a way of expanding what we our growing space really and what the things we can grow yeah I love that and I love sort of you
0: know like on allotments you've got like such you know people are generally quite helpful. Like my my plot neighbours, one of my plot neighbours, he's always like giving me stuff. Like and I never have, you know, I'm still so early in my like allotment growing journey. And he'd be like, do you want all these broad beans? And I'm like, I've got nothing to give you except a weed. Like <laughs> can I interest <enjoy> in a weed? <laughs> so but you know, people are uh, like you know generally quite nice and and giving if they've got too much.
1: Yes, um, I think as well, we we find things that we can grow and other people may not be able to. Um, for example, I can grow cucumbers, but my parents struggle to, even though we live in the same area and things that I think we just, our gardening styles may affect that. So that's good for swapping and trading and things. And it, again, it adds that extra bit to what we can have.
0: Yeah it's funny I up until this year I have been woeful at growing cucumbers absolutely terrible I would just kill them every time and I was like I'm not bothering anymore and then this year I was like no I'll have one more go and I didn't I didn't do from seed I actually bought like the plug plant for it um which I've tried before but I've also killed them as well so (laughs) but this year I've, I've got so many cucumbers I don't know what to do with them and I'm like ah. and it's weird that it happens like that like last year I grew beetroot and leek so well and I love beetroot and I love leek and I was like so excited like oh, look I can grow beetroot and leek so well this year they're not growing <laughs> and I'm, oh I'm so sad because they're like my favorite like I love leek and uh I'm like so it's like last year some of the things i was successful with last year this year not so much um and the things that weren't good last year i'm doing great this year and i'm like i don't think i understand gardening <laughs> but yeah it's it's you know so much of it is just um you know just trial and error isn't it and just you know finding out what works especially with with gardening like i i did balcony gardening for the longest time um And it's a completely sort of different ecosystem up on a balcony um, than it is on an allotment. And so, yeah, you know, you don't have the benefits of many bugs up on the balcony. Um, You know, certainly don't get I I live on the third floor. So there's no snails. Yeah so um i you know i just think yeah so much of it is just sort of trial and error and just you know figuring out what works for you and then you're able to you know just find out you know what works best for your family really aren't you um so i i kind of feel like um like urban homesteading is actually more for me than actual homesteading and it's funny because that's something i i was always like oh you know i'm going to buy land and i'm going to like build a house uh, which is totally unaffordable but you know <laughs> I'm gonna build a house and you know have chickens and cows and loads of space to grow my own stuff but actually I think like as time has gone on I feel more like being in a more urban environment but you know I, I'm very lucky I live like right on the edge of a town within seconds to countryside so it's like I feel like I've got the the best of both worlds but like i said i don't really want chickens and i don't think i really want to raise animals um so you know like i said i'm you know embrace my local farms and their resources a bit more but do you have any sort of tips or strategies for maximizing when you've got like limited space in urban areas to sort of
1: create a productive and sustainable homestead um yes definitely stick with things you absolutely love so when I first started growing I put things in I just planted a lot of things because I I just wanted to grow everything and I just want that image that you see where it's all in photos of all these beautiful crops and everything like that and I ended up the things I was successful with weren't necessarily the things I enjoyed so I had lots of kale I hate kale yeah. <laughs> I, I can't stomach it in any way and it took up so much space in my garden and you think why would I grow that and so stick to things you love definitely and then you can put more time into researching how to look after them making sure they've got the right environment and things like that there's also a lot of smaller varieties so like tumbling tomatoes um my granddad used to have him have them on his balcony when he moved from a house to a flat when he got ill um and I have them now on in my garden as well as the ones in the greenhouse. Um, and for s- such a small plant and that takes up so little space, they produce a decent crop. Um, and then you can grow things underneath them as well. And same with strawberries, they can do really well in hanging baskets. Um, and herbs and salads you can grow on the windowsill. Um, and they grow quickly, and you can get put more in as you harvest them, and so you get much longer um much more crop for the growing season um and then making your own products as well i do i use white vinegar for most cleaning um i buy a big batch of it and so my cleaning my cleaning cupboard has white vinegar in things like salt um essential oils and it so i don't have multi-surface cleaner i don't have window cleaner it's all it's all in one and i can just make whatever i need and that doesn't take up much space in the home um so that's another thing when you think of homestead and you think of garden space but it's also indoor space so that gives me room to store jars for preserving and things like that yeah
0: it's funny you mentioned um about growing only growing things that you love because I did the same thing and I grew the most abundant crop last year of radishes and I cannot stand radishes <laughs> I cannot stand them. I have never liked them. And it was almost just one of those things where I was like, well, I've heard they're quite easy to grow. And I wanted like the thrill of like, you know, I'm growing something. But then I just ultimately returned them back to the compost heap, which, you know, that serves its purpose as well. Like putting it back to the earth. We always say that if we have anything that, you know, maybe doesn't quite make it in our house, we're always like, we're going to return it to the earth we're going to give it back to the compost heap and return it to the earth so but also you said about um making products I'm the same I have like one one sort of like white vinegar solution that I use and I use it for everything and it it's I, I always like it, it's funny because sometimes on Instagram when I've like shared that I've like made something people are like oh like I could never do that because it takes so much time and I'm like it doesn't though it takes me like once you've done it the first time you know it's like minutes often uh, you know I will often be the one who like makes up the solution because I like know like the top of my head so my husband will be like oh there's not much of the kitchen spray left and I'm like okay and it like within literal minutes I'm like right it's done (laughs) and yeah it's you know, I like it as well, not having, you know, like heavy chemicals around our house as well. I I feel like the slow living movement and urban homesteading or, you know, just homesteading in general really goes hand in hand. So how do you balance the demands of urban living with like a slower pace um, and the self-sufficiency of homesteading and what benefits have you experienced?
1: Um, Well, all of our family are involved in it so we all have our own tasks we all make our own things um my children are home educated so they get a lot of learning through hands-on learning and um, so it's like we've got more of us that's, that can do it do you know there's not just me there's yeah. my husband and the, my three children and we all have our own part to play in it and we, we all have our own like my youngest likes making like the garden sprays my daughter likes making like the lotions and portions the more girly items Uh, my eldest likes helping with whatever we whatever we can really but he doesn't really like the the dirty like the making things part of it but he does like moving things and the heavy things and things like that um and it's really helped us connect as a family so we can really spend time together. There's not that rush, there's not that stress of having to go here, there and everywhere. Um, we can just do things at our own pace. We don't rush though. And with the cleaning products and things, we don't need to think, oh, I need to rush to the shop and get this. We can just make it. And one, like you said, once, once we know how to do it, it takes minutes or if not seconds, depending on the item. And it saves money and that also helps the stress levels because money is one of them things a lot of people worry about and it's just everything really we're just the but mainly the connection as a family we've got
0: yeah I love that because um you know I'm gonna home educate my children as well and you know I feel like it's this way of life that we're sort of all embracing and you know I you know my husband and I obviously lead in the way but I like the fact that we get to raise our children that way, and that they see us, you know, taking time and you know, resting where necessary, and not having to rush. And you know, my husband, he works luckily from home, and he's been home since the the beginning of the pandemic, and he's home full time. And so, you know, it's it's nice. We're very lucky in that sense that even he doesn't have to rush. Um you know he just has to start work for nine o'clock, and it's everything just feels like at a much slower pace and i I like the idea that the the children will see that as they grow, and hopefully they won't have to sort of unlearn like the rest of us had that you know you know you don't have to be busy all the time, and it's not you know it's it's not being productive being busy doesn't necessarily equal being productive and yeah, just hopefully they won't have to unlearn everything that we sort of had to unlearn as we went along, really. Um, so when it comes to thinking about yourself as an urban homesteader, what are the sort of first steps that people can take um, to get started? Or do you have any like ideas of resources or support systems or any of those sorts of things?
1: Um, to get started, I think you need to really focus on what you want from your homestead. So, if your long goal is to have animals and things like that, start learning about them. Like, start like start small, but start learning. Like, we love animals, and we have, um, we want to get chickens again and things. So, we bought a mealworm farm, um, and that's it. Takes up less space than like a box on your desk it they are tiny for the starter packs and that's something that you can learn about and it feeds it feeds our koi and our tortoise and the gecko that we'll be getting and the chickens and things like that and so it is a way of learning about things and keeping things without that needing that space um and one of the things I did when we first started growing things was because we don't have animals and I don't think I could slaughter animals for eating. So we in the summer, we grow food for salad. In the winter, we grow vegetables for soup. So I know I'm growing things right through the earth that we can make a meal from without needing any animal products at all. Yeah. Um, even though we do buy them from the butchers and things like that. But it's just nice to know that we've made something ourselves. That's completely that we've done completely ourselves, and it's really satisfying eating that, especially if we bake our own bread to go alongside it as well. Um, but start small. Um, like I said before, I, the first year I just planted everything. I got overwhelmed. I couldn't look after it all. I didn't know what I was doing. I treated all the plants the same, and I hardly got any crop. I think I got one single tomato and out of all the tomatoes i planted because i didn't i didn't pinch them i didn't feed them enough and things like that and just think about your favorite herb and grow that on your windowsill as a starter or your favorite vegetable or something like that just research it start small and you can just get that satisfaction by putting basil into your food and knowing that you've grew that basil and just start from there and slowly build up and yes radish, like you said radishes are easy to grow but if you don't like them it's pointless and it just uses up that space that you don't need to use. Um, Resource wise there's so many books available Um, but They all say the same thing in a different way, but a lot of that is available online now. So I have got a lot of self-sufficiency books and a lot of books about allotments and things like that. But then I could just type in my question into a search engine and I can just find the answer anyway. So again, it's that not spending money that you don't unnecessarily need to um, do um, when the resources are available for you because there's plenty of online platforms now like listening to podcasts and following people that have the similar in similar situations and you can learn so much by them and um, it's not necessary to just spend that money and support wise there's so many groups and like-minded people on different social media platforms if you just search urban homestead or UK homestead and things like that things come up and you can follow them you can chat to each other you can learn different things Um, and then if you've got a friend or family member that's in a a similar situation so my dad doesn't we share our allotment with him and he's he lives very close by and so we can chat we can split seeds or he'll buy some seeds out by others and we can just share that cost um, and and things that we use like spades and trowels so he already had them so I didn't need to buy them and we can just share the hedge trimmers or whatever we've got and it's just sharing and trading and it's just that you just bring more people in and you can really help each other out
0: yeah I love uh I I love all of that you know particularly about you know like there's so so much online now that like you say you don't have to buy books that say the same thing in a slightly different way like there are so many people sharing stuff there are blogs there are podcasts I mean I think probably I have learned most from from like free resources and free material free stuff that content that people create on blogs and and Instagram I would say and just just sort of like delving in further than that as well and you know um yeah just finding finding other other people that do the same thing because I know when I first like started thinking about my life I was like oh I guess I'm kind of like a homesteader but in an urban environment and then I was like I must be an urban homesteader and then I was like and somebody has already coined that phrase (laughs) and there's me thinking like I was the inventor of urban homesteading but no I was not (laughs) So, you know, you will automatically, I think, then, you know, in that situation, I was like, oh my gosh, there's loads more people out there. (laughs) And, you know, then you end up finding, you know, other people. You, you know, you might start talking to them online. And yeah, there's just so much sort of available. And like you say, like just start really easy. I once saw a quote from uh, like somebody, I am not say it's necessarily a quote, but uh, from somebody I follow who has like uh, an actual an actual homestead. And she was saying like, if your ultimate goal is to actually have a homestead where maybe you have chickens and, you know, grow your own food and et cetera, et cetera, if that is your ultimate goal, or even if it isn't, but if that's your ultimate goal, then there's so much about homesteading that you can learn while you're waiting to get to that goal. So when you're while you're waiting, you can learn how to like preserve your harvest. And you can learn how to do like canning and making jams and making sourdough so that actually, when you finally get your homestead, you can actually then focus on like, okay, now I need to learn how to raised chickens and you know so there is so much you can do even in the in the waiting period i think as well
1: yeah i completely agree so it'd be like getting 10 acres of land and just well what do i do now yeah (laughs) you don't know what what animals to buy yeah I, i completely agree we start from where we are and we just take it as far as we want to or we can financially do um but we still get that contentment from Whatever we decide to do rather than thinking, oh, one day or when I have the money to or when this happens or this happens is just start now. There's no reason not to. Um, urban homesteading, I think, is getting and going, getting going to be more popular as people just pull away from that busy lifestyle. And like you said, since the pandemic, people have wanted to do that. And I think more things are available online as well. of sh- sh- People sharing how to do things. So it's it's definitely something that I think is going to be very popular.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think I see more of it now than ever. And, you know, yeah, just just starting where you are, because, you know, like you say, you can start doing those things now. And actually that sort of uh, brings like this sort of like element of like living in the present to the fore even more because we're not constantly like when I get land when I get my own homestead when I get chickens when I get a cow you know actually you can be like I'm enjoying all of these things now and all of that will come in time when I've got the resources or the the money or whatever you know so I think you're you're better able if if you're able to sort of like start where you're at start slow then you're able to enjoy it now rather than it just being like a a one-day pipe dream that you may or may not do yes so it's been so wonderful to talk to you about urban homesteading. it's one of my one of my favorite topics I must say so I was like when I was talking to my husband before this episode I was like oh I'm um, talking about urban homesteading tonight so like, I'm so excited because it's my favorite topic <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> i was saying the same to my husband i was like "Oh, i can't believe i'm doing this i can actually talk to somebody who will listen about what i'm saying and who has the same ideas as i do
0: so thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing with us all your approaches to urban homesteading where can listeners connect with you online
1: i'm on instagram and my account is heart home ed and homestead
0: that's fantastic and I will link that as well in the notes so if you just like click through and find you so thank you again so much for coming on it's been so wonderful to talk to you about urban homesteading my favorite topic on earth
1: <laughs> thank you for having me I've absolutely loved it. you're more than welcome
0: oh guys that was just an amazing episode I know I know say it every time but like I said earlier in this episode I am always so grateful that I get to speak to some amazing amazing people and have some incredible conversations and so i hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as i did don't forget to check out Kirsty. you can find her on instagram at heart home ed and homestead and don't forget to follow me on instagram you can find me there at life on plot 44 you can also follow the blog which is the Slowlivingcollective.com. so thank you guys so much again for listening and i will catch you in the next episode